Hey, this is Steve, and welcome back to another really short episode of Russless the Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love you to find out who we are and what we do and what we're all about. And the easiest way to do that is go to our website, RustlessPodcast.com, and take a look at it. Search through it. Find out who we are, what we're about. Go to our episodes. Check them out. And then go to contact information, and you can get up with us. We'd love to speak with you. But, you know, tonight, today, wherever we are right now, you know, Luke, as, as I think about this whole need, particularly as we are in our culture today, the significance of relationships. And social media today has done, I think, an incredible job deconstructing our ability by which to communicate. Yet, Scripture shows and points to the fact that communication, that relationships, that fellowship is something that we must do. Uh, Absolutely. Um, It's strange in this social media generation, especially being a member of the millennial generation myself, the first to kind of have phones, tablets, or even just simple computers for those a little bit older in that generation uh, shoved into our laps at five years old. it's a promise of connectivity, of being connected to everybody you know at all times on the internet. You can go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, see what everyone's up to. But I can tell you even just in my short years that this is not true. Uh, I think that we, the so-called most connected generation, are really in truth the most disconnected generation, maybe one of the most yet. Yeah, I would have to agree with you uh, totally. This, the whole relationship thing is being deconstructed because what social media does is creates a two-dimensional communication. When we are multidimensional people, when we can look at each other, we can you know, see each other, see our expression, see who we are, have that body language, and all this multidimensional communications as it was attended by the God who made us and yet this social media destroys that. You know, it's a funny story. Uh, I was in this network marketing company once, and most listening can probably imagine how that turned out for me. And uh, it was popular among college kids. And I was about, what, 21, 22 at the time. And uh, one of the guys who got us into it and would help us kind of market it, uh, he was a good speaker and all and would talk usually come in and communicate over Skype or something like that. And he had this line, what do you think is going to happen when you take the most socially connected generation on earth and give them, and give them a business that grows via connection? It's a convincing line, or at least so you thought. But in hindsight, the answer is not much, because you're not convincing anybody to do anything over the Internet. You need to know them. Absolutely. And you see... People get away with saying things that they would never say in your face. I find that interesting because somehow it drops our inhibitions. It gives us courage that we don't necessarily have when we have to face people multidimensionally, and that otherwise would not happen. But the Bible, Scripture, the Word of God, speaks very differently about what this type of relationships that we need to have with with each other because that's how God set up this relationship between us and him and how that was intended to. And Luke, I'm reminded of Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, 
And in just this segment and how it speaks to the point of fellowship, of relationships for some very specific things. Yeah, and Hebrews, what it actually says is this. And again, this is Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Incredible line. I think we often use that institutionally by which to convince people they need to be, and here's where it gets controversial, at church every Sunday, Mm -hmm. or part of an organization where you need to join the club. But I'm telling you right now, that's not what's happening here in this verse. Hebrews was written somewhere probably just before or around the fall of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. The church is under persecution. Church, we know church is what it looks like today, but it was this collection of these new followers of Christ, Jewish and also Gentile, who were under persecution and were congealing together because they shared something in common, and that's the person of Christ. And Paul, if it was Paul who wrote Hebrews, it could have been uh, Barnabas or or anyhow, this is kind of a Paul-inspired writing nonetheless. It's Paul's all over this thing. But he says, let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. You know, when I think of that line, it is packed full of things that we need to go back and dissect and digest about what he's telling us to do. Let us consider. You know, as I look at the Scriptures There's plenty of places where the Bible's telling us to think about this, to use our brains, think about this, consider this, contemplate this, meditate on this. And this is what's so cool about scriptures. It wants us to think this through because the goal here isn't just to get doing love and good deeds, but how do we work through the process of encouraging us and each other to do those things, or at least move in the direction of those things, and not necessarily just doing those things, but how do we motivate each other to do that? So, Luke, I don't know about you, but I think this is cool in that the Bible wants us to think. Oh, yeah. And one of the first things that jumps out in this scripture to me and is definitely going to apply to just the how of spurring each other on is do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. What is social media? The giving up of being actually together. You know, we don't do this via Facebook groups, somebody's chain of 30 different tweets, or your stupid Instagram filter. No, you get together. Yeah, I can't, I've deleted most of my social media, save for Facebook, mostly just because it's useful as an account service, because it's, do I want to look at my friends or so-called friends' faces? And I say so-called because are they really if I'm not with them uh, in a picture? Uh, do I want to communicate that with them by mashing on a keyboard? Or do I want to actually see their face with my own two, own two eyes and follow that with a hug or handshake? So how do we do it then? How and what way should we be thinking about it? And I think you just presented one of them right there, is that we're not going to do that on social media. But how then shall we 
consider, think about, meditate on, come up with ideals by which that can spur one another. And when you hear the word spur, what are you thinking about? Provoke. Yeah, it's provoke. And often you can relate back perhaps to Paul's experience. Maybe he was familiar with the Roman spur used in war by Roman soldiers, those in the cavalry who would actually use a horse. And that kind of spur, why it would not damage the horse, it would, however, as you said, provoke the horse towards going and doing in a direction that the rider wanted to go. So this wasn't about damaging people, because we're really good at damaging people, particularly followers of Christ. We, we love to shoot our own. But this says, let us consider, let's think about this, because each of us are individuals. And that's the thing that I take a real issue with today, particularly in the sense of socialism, here we go, is about the collective. But the Bible and God's way of making us is about the individual, uniquely made, just like our individual fingerprints, all different, coming together for one holy purpose by which to encourage each other in our walks with Christ and to glorify God. You know, it's, C.S. Lewis had something interesting to say about how the body of Christ works in that we are a body and from one point of view a collective But what's unique about the body of Christ is that within it, every single individual who comprises it has not lost their individuality. They've only had it magnified, and each and every single one of them is just as all of the importance as the whole collective. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to bring this little piece to an end right now, but we're going to be back. We're going to finish out this piece of Scripture but a lot of things have been brought up. So today, as a follower of Christ, and that's who we're speaking to, and if you're listening in on the conversation and you don't know where you are in that relationship, keep listening, because this is extraordinarily important. All eternity is at stake, and you might want to go look up Pascal's Wager and see what that's all about, and we'll get into that one day. But for us as followers of Christ— encouraging each other and spurring one another on and considering how to do that isn't about joining the club. It's about loving each other in our communities and where we are with each other in, in an organic state, not in a corporate state, a corporate in the sense of being incorporated as a business, but just loving each other in the rawness of those relationships. Wherever two to three have come together in my name, I will be there. That's the kind of fellowship, that's the kind of koinonia that Paul's talking about right here. And Luke, you make an incredible point. Let's not give this up. And quite frankly, social media is about giving up. Yeah. It's, um, you know, think about the days before even just basic cell phones or well, telef- landline telephones even. Uh, if you wanted to see what your friends were up to, you're walking over to their house, knocking on their door and making yourself present. And I think the gesture of doing such a thing, it, it, it's actually quite wild to me today how you could do that and somebody be like, oh, well, why didn't you just call? Well, maybe I'm more interested in you than just a phone call. Maybe I want to come and see. You know, one of my favorite um, 
speakers I ever listened to, Jerry Leachman, he was a former chaplain of the Redskins, uh, told me this, and uh, it stuck with me for years. Even repeated it to some of my friends when they asked me about certain things I do think or say. And it goes like this. You can fake caring, but you cannot fake showing up for someone. Amen. And the fellowship that Paul speaks of right here is about showing up. You know, it's not about showing up to a committee. It's not showing up to another meeting. It's not about how much you're giving right now in that plate as it comes around. It's about showing up because during this time, just around 70 A.D., followers of Christ were hurting, but they were in love with the Lord. And they were, in a practical sense, caring for each other's needs, physically, spiritually. And they were telling the stories, and this is the cool part, they were telling the stories about their encounters with Christ, and perhaps that was years earlier. And they passed those stories along. And that's what relationships are. And that's what we need to be doing right now. You get that? And so, as the writer said, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Stop faking caring. Start showing up. Start making yourself available. The real you. In real life. Not your social media persona. Not your fake filtered Instagram pictures, not your tweets, not your Facebook shares, but you. Start showing up at people's doors again. If you can't do that, at least a phone call. Just think about it. We spend what? About eight hours a day on average for most working Americans trying to feed our wallets and our stomachs. Again, not saying that's a bad thing. It's, it's of course, a necessary thing. But how many hours do we spend trying to feed our hearts? And better yet, each other's hearts, right here, right now, in real life, face to face. Think about that. Don't give up on that. Instead, give up on the illusion and make time for the reality. Because what kind of treasures are we trying to store up for ourselves, hmm? Fake treasures here on earth that we post on our Instagram? As we fish for the false validation of likes and retweets are the real treasures, other people's hearts, in heaven, forever. You tell me what's more valuable. Amen. Hey, listen, we'll be back shortly as we continue looking at this whole topic and a whole lot more to come. But for now, hey, we're listening. And we want you to hang in there and be confident in the power of Christ, what he can do in your life. But we've got to do it together. So a little update for you. Uh, what was called tidal waves, these little shorts, are now going to be called ripples. Uh, we made that decision just to make things a little bit less confusing with the advent of one of our other new shows coming up known as Rogue Wave. So we thought just a little too many waves going on there. So now we are going to have ripples and then eventually long-format discussions called Rogue Waves, so stay tuned for those. As for now, though, thank you for listening to what is technically now Ripple Number 3, title Disconnected. And stay tuned to hear two new stories coming next week. We'll see you then.